Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. EA shutting down game studios has no idea how to manage properly. Shocking. Hope all the visceral folks land on their feet. Those are the words of one man bear here. He is Mr. August on the man, the men of game dev calendar. <laughs> oh, shit. He's a mermaid. He is a indie developer who has worked on many bigger games as well. And he is here today in the studio for Waypoint Radio, episode 105 today. And it's Friday. Mm. Are we 105. I think we're odds on the on the. I think we're odds on Mondays, evens on. All right, then we're 106. I think we're 106. This is 106. I'm sorry. 106. I just I got so excited about the thought of you in your mermaid outfit that I just like lost image. it. It's a merman veer. Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse merman me. A merman veer. Is that the whole is that why you went that direction? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really that's, good. That's, that's extremely good. It's really beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful good. picture if you're not into it. What year was that? Uh, it was this year. Was it this year the, the this men of game dev calendar of 2017? Oh, Four straight years. This comes in fantastic. From, from Patrick Klepek before we continue. <laughs> Say hello to Manveer. Uh, hello Patrick. I will let him know. That's very nice. Well, thank you so much for being here, Manveer. Thank you for having me. And Austin is also I'm joining also us. We've been trying to make this happen yeah. for longer yeah. than I can remember. Like yeah, it's, it's been, been visits. It's been like, oh, I'm in town. Yeah, We're I've been to in town this. like five, six times this yes, year. Yes. And so oh wow! Now I'm here for a little bit. So hopefully we can you know, make this happen. You know, totally. Anytime. And we've we're... been talking for years. I know, like <clears throat> Danielle, you followed Manvir's career for years too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like. What should people know if they if all they know is oh I've seen that dude tweet before <laughs> oh would you would I believe that that guy has on a pink Cameron uh, shirt and a black snapback high that haters says, hi haters hi haters hi haters and a, and a lion pendant like other than that what should they know about Mandrian? Um, you know I'm just a I'm a big mouth developer that likes, nice. to, that likes to yap a lot. Um, I'm passionate about making awesome video games yeah. and progressing this medium forward. And I got to work on some awesome games like Wolfenstein and the Mass Effect franchise and Mass Effect 3 and right. Mass Effect Andromeda. I mean, you go back to the Wolfenstein franchise to, like, the late 2000s when they were, Yeah, like, I think it was 2010 is the year it came out. Yeah. Like, I was working on it from 2005 to 2010. Jeez. Oh, wow. Which one, what was the actual... I it, it was the, just called... Was, was that was just one? Like, one was just, like, Wolfenstein. Which is hilarious because <laughs> the new Wolfenstein's coming out. There's Wolfenstein 2. And I'm like, is this technically is this... a sequel to the one I worked right. on? Right, well, like, that's the thing. It's like, it is all in continuity. We just, like, try to dig through it. And it's like, the they, shit that happened in your game yeah, yeah, is they, true. They took the stuff... The machine games did a great job. Yeah. Took the stuff that we kind of started with with Wolfenstein and kind right. of continued that story, which I was surprised, right? Because I thought nobody wanted to ever follow that story again. I after that. All right, like it was a messy process, but yeah, I yeah, think yeah, we did yeah. the best we could with some real bad bad situations. Right. And then from there, sure. you went to Bioware. Yeah, I went to Bioware in Montreal after that. Okay, you were um, there for like seven years. You were yeah, there, for, there for a while, for, yeah, right? So I got to Bioware in Montreal September 2010. Cool. Worked on Mass Effect three the entire time. Worked on like the Omega Ooh. DLC. Ooh. Nice. One of the senior gameplay yeah. designers yeah. on that, and then transitioned over. To Andromeda, um, and then obviously worked on that for like four plus years. Right, and you were doing what, like combat design? And, yeah, and stuff so I there? did like what's called like the three C's: the character, the combat, and the controls. So like uh, how the <laughs> how the character jumps, moves, the aim assist, the, right. the the inputs, the camera angles. Uh, all the stuff that was reviewed well. Right. Well, I was going to say <laughs> all the stuff 
like, people like, like, I was gonna be like, I'm gonna step over the line. I'm gonna be the guy who says like, oh, the shit that people liked about Mass Effect Andromeda, but which is hilarious because my haters are like, you ruined this franchise by writing a terrible story. I'm like, I'm not a writer. Right. Like I complained about a bunch of these things like for right. years right. and was told like I was wrong, and it turns out I wasn't wrong. So it's, wow. it's it's funny to see that like narrative go amongst just like you know the the, the gamer gators and the the, the conservative kind right. of haters. Uh, but it doesn't really bother me because I know what I did. My team knows what I did. Right. I'm real proud of the stuff that uh, a bunch of us did on the gameplay right. team and the rest of the team. I mean, that's just the thing, right? It's like it turns out making games is hard. It takes a lot of time, and 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 often it isn't because a lot of people are bad. It's because some people made some bad decisions. Yeah, I mean, when you have a team of 200 plus, ultimately, right? right? Think about the moving parts that are there. Yeah. Think about the number. Of decisions that have to be made and how far ahead of time they have to be made. Yeah. Um, and so it's a Herculean task. And yeah, like you, you sometimes you, you face plant it, sometimes you stumble, sometimes you know you, you do real successful. And I've been on kind of all sides of that, right? We won right. Game of the Year and RPG of the Year with Mass Effect Three. Right. And one of the proudest moments of my entire life. And Mass Effect Andromeda coming out was it was painful a little bit, even though I had already quit by then. I quit like as soon as the game went to manufacturing. <laughs> right. Sure. I, I think you sent me an IM that was like. Yo, it went gold. I'm ready to go. Yep. <laughs> I'm done. I, mean, I was, yeah, I was, I was done. Like, yeah. you know, it, it was a, it was a real difficult project and, and time. Um, but I'm still proud of the work I did, and I'm still proud of the what, team, and I'm happy that I got to work there. What does happen there for something like that, where for you, you are working on gameplay design, you're working on combat character. Uh, what was the third one? Camera, camera? camera yeah. or yeah. controls? Controls. Yeah. Depends Should it be four C's then? Well, there's also like cover and things like oh, that. Oh, five, five C's. C's. There's seventy four C's. <laughs> Uh, That's your first mixtape, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What are those crack? No, just kidding. Uh, okay. Don't, don't do crack, kids. Don't do yeah, exactly. No, stay but if away. you do, try to get a Pusha T feature. At least. <laughs> no, I just saw King Push last week, man. He's just killing it. Um, so, but like from your perspective, how early in the process are you like, okay, these are things that need to be addressed if this game is going to turn the corner and become a Mass Effect 2 or a Mass Effect 3? instead of a Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, the problem is is that what ultimately comes out with like a Mass Effect Andromeda isn't the game that we started by making, right? right. Like we started by making a prequel called Mass Effect Contact, which was the original idea. Right. And then as we started testing things, we realized a prequel wasn't a good idea. We went to a sequel, which was a lot of the team was happier with. Um, but like we rebooted that game design multiple times. Mm-hmm. And so the version of the game that you see come out it's maybe two, two and a, the last two, two and a half years of, of kind of direction. Um, and so after that, like reboot and reboot, like you're, that happens because you're bringing up issues. You're like, oh, I don't know if this is going the right way or this is going to cost right. so much money or how do we finish, finish this in the right correct direction. So it's hard to kind of answer that because it's so iterative and it changes so dramatically. Right. But I would say the last couple of years, like I was having concerns about a bunch of parts of the game, including the open world stuff was obviously the biggest concerns and it wasn't just me there's a lot of us on the gameplay team um you know i had a really amazing gameplay team i got to work with well i think that that shows in the final game where like for me i I mean i just prefer a thing that we're doing internally i was just going over a bunch of pieces we've written this year that have been like Mm -hmm. evaluative non-review review type things that we've written and i reread the one that i wrote for for this and i was like well the parts that stood out for me were the very well scripted, like careful combat encounters right. inside of spaces that were handcrafted. Not that the open worlds weren't handcrafted, but when when 
I was moving around those open worlds. Like that combat was pretty good, but when it was really good was when there was a well-designed boss encounter, and or when there was yeah, a, and you know that's what because I mean? like that's the le- legacy that like Mass Effect Three and stuff had right. before. So we kind of knew how to do that part well, right. and the part we didn't know how to do very well was the more open world stuff, which is real interesting when you see the way that the EA and the rest of the industry wants to go more right, open right, right now, <laughs> which is just a repeat of what ten years ago when like pandemic and other people were right. being pushed to make more open world things like. Yeah. Like, so open world is one of the most difficult things to make. Mm-hmm. Um, it's extremely, extremely hard, and it comes together really late. So yeah. if you miss, you miss, you can miss real hard. Right. Um, and so I think you just saw the inexpertise of the leadership and of the team kind of coming through there. And of EA and then knowing how to make that sort of game. Right. Can you... Uh, talk a little bit about exactly what makes it so hard to do open world. Well, is it just the scope? Is it just the scale? Or is it like, what makes you miss hard when you miss, okay. basically? So, like, if you take what Austin's talking about, which is, like, what's fun about a, a constrained combat? Yeah. You have enemies. You know exactly what direction the player's coming from. Right. You can, like, make uh, invisible triggers to, like, make people spawn in and come mm-hmm. in at the right angles and have, like, all the right little cues, and you can build kind of a, a moment. In an open world, what happens if I come from the north? What happens if I come right. from the south? Sure. What, ha- what happens yeah. if I come in from the top because I drove my vehicle over a cliff and right. I just came down <laughs> in the middle? Like, yeah. how do you spawn things in? How do the enemies react? Is there cover of all the correct directions that, that they can handle? There's so many more variables. And then, what do you do if the player just, like, pieces out? <laughs> right. We gave right. them a core. Like, right. what happens if they just drive the car over every enemy? What happens if they right. just run, what happens if they sit on the mountain with a sniper rifle and just want to pick everybody off? How do we handle all of these things? Right. Not just not just how do we stop them from doing it, but if they want to do that and they spent hours building to where they can yeah. do it, how do we make, how it do we make fun. that fun? Exactly, because it's easy just not to just stop to, them and then they're going to feel robbed, like, right. oh, I specced all right. my stuff in this Or it's the other way where it's like, or if they do it and it works, they're just going to do that every time right. and then it's like boring and degenerative and just like, oh, yeah. they don't engage with any of the other systems. All they do is stand on mountains and shoot yeah. people. So they're effectively two different games and the problem is that now you're trying to kind of meld two different games together and this is actually hilariously kind of what happened in Wolfenstein, by the way. If you remember well, this time it used to be it was originally a super open world game. Right. There were some wanted. huge sections of that game. Yeah, well, like that, that game was going to be fully open world. Oh, it wow. wanted basically huh. Grand Theft Auto in Wolfenstein. <laughs> oh. Wow. Which we were like, what the hell is that? I remember when I was at Raven. <laughs> um, wow. So again, like when I say that these these are the same conversations I was having twelve years ago when I got into this industry. Like we're just repeating ourselves. This is the wheel of time here. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that's been it's so frustrating and exhausting to some degree because it's like we're, I can't believe we're having this fight again. Right. But a lot of <laughs> younger people think that this is new and it's not. No. Like, right. Well, is, like it's been like this. We should maybe bring it into the foreground a little bit into like sure. what happened yeah. this week and like set up exactly. I'm gonna sure. just read from that EA statement yeah, just please. so that like we have. Um, so EA says this is from Pat- Patrick Sutherland. Soderland. Soderland. Who says, and this is like. His words, not mine. (laughs) Our industry is evolving faster and more dramatically than ever before. The games we want to play and spend time with, the experiences we want to have in those games, and the way we play, all those things are continually changing. So is the way games are made. In this fast-moving space, we are always focused on creating experiences that our players want to play. And today, that means we're making a significant change with one of our upcoming titles. Our Visceral Studio has been developing an action-adventure title set in the Star Wars universe. In its current form, it was shaping up to be a story-based linear adventure game. Throughout the development process, we've been testing the game concept with players, listening to the feedback uh, about what and how they want to play, and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace. It has become clear that to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come, 
we needed to pivot the design. Come back to and come like, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. for a long time. Pivot. Uh-huh. <laughs> and pivot. Pivot's like, a good pivot, one 2017, there. pivot. Uh, <laughs> pivot to video, pivot to destiny, whatever. Uh, we will maintain the stunning visuals, authenticity of the, in the Star Wars universe and focus on bringing a Star Wars story to life. Importantly, we are shifting the game to be a broader experience that allows for more variety in player agency, leaning into the capabilities of our Frostbite engine and reimagining central elements of the game to give players a Star Wars adventure of greater depth and breadth to explore. The move leads to another few for two to a few other changes, uh, and then that what goes into is that EA Vancouver uh, is taking over that project. Visceral Studios will be ramping down and closing, and we are in the midst of shifting as many of the team as possible to other projects and teams. Um, lastly, they were going to launch it in fiscal late fiscal nineteen uh, twenty nineteen. Now, new time frame, question mark, question new mark, time question frame. mark. Um, and, uh, the immediate reaction for this was like, and including from, I think, all of us internally, a lot of critics on the internet, a lot of analysts were like, single-player games are dead. Single, big, but like, they were, you know, yeah. I think we said single-player games are dead. What we mean is like, big budget, big budget AAA, yeah. linear, naughty dog style, linear adventure, action adventure games are dead. And I don't, uh, and then immediately there was pushback on that, which is like, we've been hearing that for 10 years. Yeah. They, those games keep coming back, which Again, is fair criticism. 10 years, exactly. 12 years totally. Right. The same like, we had. Someone pulled up, I, I don't remember if it was Schreier, I don't remember, somebody on the internet, so another critic, I think, pulled up a, a collection of like, here are the eight times that like different news outlets <laughs> reported like, this is it. Yep. And like often from talking to people at EA or Activision or at other big AAA publishers who said, no, they're done. Um, the other thing that people pointed out was like, okay, but like Breath of the Wild came out this year, Nier Automata came out this right. year. Mario's going to come out Mario's in a week. Mario's about to come out yeah. in a week. Uh, Uncharted, uh, the one with... What's the, what's Uncharted Ladies Only Edition. Yeah, but what's the actual... Lost Legacy. Lost Legacy. Yeah. Ladies, ladies, <laughs> I like Ladies Only Edition, yeah, ladies, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> with Beyonce, all the single ladies. Right. Yep. Gonna, yep. It's exactly that was it. the unofficial so theme song, of course. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down. So where do you feel about this? Because I know where I feel oh, I on it, feelings, but like, yeah. I'm curious. If you feel... Do you think that this represents something inside of EA? Do you think this represents something larger inside the industry where EA is maybe more conservative than other people and is taking a, a safer bet? Do you think it is a Destiny-type thing where they're trying to get loot boxes and people to stay in playing a game in the long term? Oh, I mean, it's all of these things, right? Okay. So, um, yeah, so it's definitely a thing inside of EA, right? Like, they are generally pushing for more open-world games, and the reason mm. is you can monetize them better, right? Okay. The, the words in there that we use is have them come back, right? Again and again. Again and again. Why do you care about that at EA? The reason you care about that is because people, microtransactions, buying card packs in the Mass Effect games, like right. multiplayer. It's the same reason we added multiplayer in the Mass Effect 3, right? How right. do you get people to c- keep coming back to a thing instead of ju- just, I'm using air quotes for the uh, audience, <laughs> uh, you, just playing for 60 to 100 hours. Right. The problem is that we've scaled up our budgets to 100 right. plus million dollars. Right. And we haven't actually made a space for linear goods, uh, single player games that are under that, right? But why can't we have both? Like, why does it have to be one or the other? And the reason is, is that EA and those big publishers in general only care about the highest return on investment, right? They don't actually care about the player, like what the players want. They care about what the players will pay for. Mm -hmm. Those are subtly different things. Right. And so what's really happening here is you're seeing a very cynical view, I would say, by EA. Uh, And you're going to see this from other publishers as well, of saying, this stuff is dead. We need more of the battlegrounds and the rusts. And like, you know, you're seeing... 
what is Bioware's new, new franchise coming out? Anthem, right? right? Which seems like it's their take on Destiny. Yeah, I mean, I can't talk too much about it because I know way too much, and I, <laughs> you know, that, that's not my place. But right, like, right. yeah, I mean, it's not a traditional looking Bioware game, right? right? It, right. it definitely looks like yes, a it's more third open per- world. It's, it's, it seems like a third person action adventure game with some light RPG elements where there's but where there's itemization and loot drops. And in their demo, <laughs> they were like, "Oh, where'd you get that shoulder rocket launcher?" Like, "Oh, well, I did I'm the not raid." Saying you're wrong, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying what they so, showed us. So like, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So like, if that is what what you're seeing from a place like a Bioware, right, owned by EA, um, a place where I worked for seven years. Mm-hmm. If that's what you're seeing from Visceral now closing and going to this other Vancouver studio, um, I think what it means is that the linear single-player game in AAA at EA is dead for the time being. I don't think, but just like the all the time, so when I was at Wolfenstein, when I was working on Wolfenstein at Raven, I remember it saying single player a linear <laughs> RPG or a linear shooters, first person shooters are dead. Right. Then Call of Duty 4 came out. Right. And then we were all standing there like, what? Right. <laughs> and that's when we were able to pivot the design to have less open world stuff gotcha. and more linear stuff and actually get that game done because that game was like not moving anywhere. Um, and so th- games like that come out every once in a while that re- remind everybody that, no, if you do it really well and you know how to nail it, right. you're going to crush it. You'll find an audience. You'll find the audience. Like, you look at the games that are being leaders, they're right. the ones that don't really follow the trends. They, they, Call of Duty wasn't a trend for a while. Like, making that style of game, when they made that first Medal of Honor and then shifted to Call of Duty, that was new. Right. Assassin's Creed 1 was something new at one point, right. even though now it's very trite and we, we, we look at that. Same with the Grand Theft Autos. Right, totally. And so all these different genres, we have to be able to look at it that way. Um, and we have to remind ourselves as an industry that we're not just about one type of game, that, that we can support multiple types of games. And if EA is not going to do it, then other people are going to fill in those gaps to make a bunch of money, is my right. say, off that. I'm someone who grew up playing single-player games. I love single-player narrative games. That's why I went to Bioware. That's what I grew up playing. Right. Um, I don't really like playing multiplayer games because I don't like being called the N-word all the time. No, right? it's bad. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. So, like... This makes me sad. It makes me not like, you know, it makes me feel disconnected from this industry at times. But I also see an opportunity as somebody who just started my own indie company right. to go like, okay, well, the rest of us are going to do right. this better then. Right. I mean, this is, show you. it is also a year where um, uh, Hellblade came out, right? Which is like a game that I kind of bounced off of, but is a small scale linear action adventure game in that yeah. style, in the style of game that Ninja Theory makes that was $30 at launch or something. Um, and so, I could see like playing with with scale could be a way to continue. So exactly, why is, why yeah. is sixty dollars the only right. way to sell a game? Is right. sixty dollars the only way to sell a game because EA, Activision, etc. chose right. it to be the made only that way. choice? Right? Yeah, it, they, Gun was one of the first ones. They, they were like, sixty dollars for Gun. You got to pay sixty dollars. They could still make a fifty dollars game if they wanted. They could still right. make a forty dollars game. Could if they, they go wanted. the other way? Make could they make, Could they be like, we want to make the Star Wars game? It's Star Wars. We know you're going to pay it. And also, it's going to cost us more, and we're not going to get it. And you're going to go trade it in, and there aren't loot boxes in it. It's $80. Maybe, but, like, I mean, when we're talking about the actual budgets, you need to understand that yeah. the amount of money that is at play with microtransactions and stuff. So I right. can't actually... That number is I'm not higher. allowed to say the numbers and stuff, sure. but I can tell you that, like, on Mass Effect 3, when multiplayer came out, and those card packs that we were selling, mm-hmm. the amount of money that we made just off those card packs was so significant... That like that's the reason Dragon Age has a multiplayer. Right. That's right. that's the sure, reason right. that like other EA products started like getting multiplayers that didn't right. really have them before is because like we nailed it and like brought in a ton of money. Right. And so the numbers 
It's repeatable income versus one-time income. Right. Um, and yeah, and I say that as somebody, like, I agree with that based on my own play experience with, with the Dragon Age multiplayer, with the Mass Effect multiplayer. I'm not a person who, like, uh, who does a lot of loot boxes and games in general. Right. But when I find those games that I connect with where it's like, oh, I really love this world. I'm just playing with yeah. my friends. It's 1 a.m., I've like had a good night with friends. Oh, oh, I'm just just shy of the money I need for that box, or <laughs> I need that one more crafting you know piece to upgrade my spear or whatever. Like I'm gonna spend that two dollars to open that box, and like, yeah. and that's me. So I can yeah. imagine what if you have an addictive personality, if you have a lot of disposable income. I mean, I've if, seen people literally spend fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> right, right. on Mass Effect multiplayer cards. Right. 50, I mean, I'm like, you must be a rich ass right, like, person, right, or, or, right, or, or, or maybe it was yeah. Andrew Wilson, just like trying right. to put money back into. His own company. <laughs> I don't know. What's up, Andrew? <laughs> Shout out to Andrew Wilson. <laughs> Listening, big listener, big fan. Yeah, <laughs> that works too. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm curious about this. Like Danielle, you're also someone. We just had an episode. Yes. Last week, yeah. about the the supposed death of the immersive sim, the games like Prey and and Deus Ex and you know uh, uh, Dishonored, Dishonored stuff right. like that, and like my whole position was kind of what you were saying now, which is like time is long, <laughs> like we will be back here again. Something will happen to shake things up. I guess the the other the other thing is like is that thinking too safe? Like maybe I could, should we be a little more apocalyptic in our thinking sometimes in saying. Is there a point at which we should stop assuming that the market will self-stabilize? Well, yeah. So the thing is, it's like you don't just assume the market will self-stabilize. You fight. And the act of fighting is the impetus for the market to change, right? Mm. So y'all as critics coming out and saying we're not okay with this or, hey, this is really sad and this this is upsetting or people fighting back, those affect the marketplace, right? They're not just statements in a vacuum. And so – it's all about like how you're coming back and the energy you're bringing back and t- t- talking about like what can we what can we do to make make a change and someone's gonna listen to that and notice that there's a, a giant hole in the marketplace and then want to fill that right mm-hmm. if no one spoke up then we're not gonna see something very different that's right. not obviously what's happening as far as I can tell I don't follow games as closely as I used to because you work in it for twelve years <laughs> sometimes you just want to go to hip hop shows and you know go for a drink right that's, right that sounds fair to me. I think one of the points we came off of uh with last week's show was that the triple a indie you know this again air quotes around that that the triple a indie is is going to fill in some of the gaps there. My concern is always going to be, is that actually enough for particular genres? Something like the immersive sim with the amount of animation, the amount of, sure. of huge levels, you know, well, tons so the, of assets. I mean, that kind I think of thing. the question is like, what's Naughty Dog doing next? I think right. they're the ones yeah. who nailed that linear roller coaster experience yeah. probably better than anybody in the industry, right? Like trying to compete with them is real difficult if not impossible. Right. They're just super talented and know what they're doing. What if you start seeing a company like that shift away from any linear stuff, you know, down the road, then I would start getting really worried, right? Um, but they're also publisher-owned by Sony, right? right? So yeah. all these companies are publisher-owned now. There are no real independent AAA. I mean, there are, but there's not many. Right, well, like the ones that are independent AAA and are owned by our publishers who are massive, right? They might not be owned by Microsoft, Sony, or Nintendo, but like Activision Blizzard is Activision Blizzard. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Everything consolidated amongst these like five or six like companies, yeah, right? right? Especially in the West, at least in the West. Yeah. Um, and so I think what you're seeing is a lot of you know conservatism with what mm-hmm. we want, and because the stakes are so much higher, and there's so many less products out, and because the team sizes are growing ex- exponentially, right? A lot of that is the publisher's own fault. 
How much middle management bloat is there in the EA games? <laughs> sure. right. I know there's a lot. How much is there in an Activision game? I know there's a lot. Right. How many right. millions of dollars are going to salaries to people who barely do anything useful for product? Right. Versus and not the developers who are, in the trenches who are actually doing. Yeah, and not that like right. everybody who's not a developer in the trenches is useless. No, that's no. not that's not what I'm saying at all. But there's a lot of middle management bloat, right? Right. And if you learn to start as someone who started my own company, right. I'm just like, well, I don't want to hire these people because I don't need that bloat on my budget, and I'm going to ask for less budgets because I'm not a right. I'm not asking for a hundred million. Right. And you don't have that bank to sit on where you're going to take the bet that maybe that maybe you'll lose money by having this bloat, but maybe there's a chance you'd lose more by by cutting the wrong person or something, right? right? right. Well, I, this is one of the things that came out was like another person was like, don't trust this messaging. This is spin. Like anytime a company comes out and says, this is why we're firing a bunch of people. Yeah. This is why we're closing a studio is spin. So don't think it's because of the single player thing. And it did come to my mind of like, well, like, I know that Andromeda had some issues during development. I know that other EA games have had some Why issues. Why are my developers closed now? Right, right, right? exactly. Yeah. Is there a world in which like EA just has a problem in middle management in terms of budgeting that other companies don't have as severe problem or have different problems? Or, or their problems haven't come out yet? Maybe. Right, right. right. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I think just EA being one of the, the, the second biggest after Activision company is right. just going to be that way, right? Yeah. Uh, but the answer is yes, they have a giant problem there. Yeah. I think Activision had a problem too when I was at Activision. I don't know what Activision looks like today. Sure, that was like seven, eight years ago now. Right. Um, but like, I think a lot of these publishers have that problem. So. The issue is is that they're asking for these games to be made and they're giving you like you know large large budgets but where is that money going is it going mm-hmm. to the salaries of the people is it going to the voiceover actors is it right. going to those things a lot of it is but a significant chunk is not um, and I think what we have to do is take a look back at like how we got here and from EA's point like if I look at what EA does I mean to me it's just mismanagement right EA had no idea how to manage uh, Byron Montreal. There was mm. poor leadership in many positions, not all, but some of the positions at Byron Montreal. Um, that's part of the reason that we got shut down. Uh, I was left, gone before the shutdown and right. stuff, but you know, right. I didn't think we were going to get shut down, but I didn't think it was going to go well. Right. And yeah. like it turns out that was very correct. Yeah. And so seeing what happened to Visceral, it's the same story of they don't know how to handle this and they don't know how to fire the right people. So what they do is they close down an entire studio right. and then they pick people that they like and they move them over. The problem is sometimes they pick the people who were part of the problem <laughs> yeah. and move them over. Right. There are people right now working at Motive on a Star Wars Battlefront game who I know to be useless and, and like not have done a good job on Mass right. Effect Andromeda. Why are they continuing to have jobs and getting things? Is it because they're white and a man? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because my brown ass got like basically talked to all the time about speaking up like this, right? right? right, right. Uh, and, and not, and but it turns out doing what you think is a, a, a the right thing, job yeah. And, and even and if I'm doing it internally and saying, "Hey, right. I don't think this is a good thing," and I'm saying right. it in a fair way, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing that you talked about. I mean, so if I go back to you know a year or two before Andromeda comes out, there's the leak that comes out that that game is going to be about going to a new galaxy. Oh yeah, yeah. And, oh, and most like, of that was correct leak. <laughs> yeah, of course it was. Right, of course it was. Right. It's like, oh, it's gonna happen between it's gonna happen between two and three, like before the Reapers finally arrive. They're gonna no. send off a thing, which is like hilarious because there's a late game moment where like you get the reveal of what the setting is oh, basically, man. and it's like, yeah. yeah, like yeah, no, I read this two and a half years ago. <laughs> uh, like yeah, that's the whole premise of this whole game, right? Um, but the the other thing there was like, oh, I hope that they don't fuck up when it comes to like colonization. Like I hope that this oh, isn't man. like a bad either like a white savior story or a like oh the 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 terrible savages of this place. Yep. Uh, taming the wild. Taming West. the wild. Yeah. Like, all yeah. of the yeah, if only some white man's burden. If only some brown people at that studio had mentioned that like. 
three or four years earlier. Oh, at the time, I was <laughs> over and over and over again. That'd be really interesting if that had happened. But the thing is, like, <laughs> they got ignored. That would be a really interesting story, don't you think, Austin? I think that'd be pretty fascinating. I wish somebody could Man tell their story. <laughs> yeah, but at the time, I was thinking, like, okay, well, Manbeer's there. Like, I know he's not in the story department, but yeah. like, maybe they'll have someone there who can push. And like, I, it's it is the unfair burden that goes onto the back of marginalized people to yep. be like, you have to be the one to speak up. You have to be the one who to speak it, up. And also, when you speak up, are you putting a target on your back? You, you, you have to definitely become a target on your back. And as somebody who's public, so you become the loud guy, you become right. the angry guy, and you become the person who's just trying to get all the press for yourself. Right, right. right. That's how it's read. And so then you start, oh, then there's then there becomes internal. Like strife. So there's like some people who will support me inside of the company, and there'll be some people who literally wanted me fired for years. Right. There's some people who are like, "Oh, this person should never have been hired. Yeah. Let's get him out." Um, and I know they were happy when I, you know, when we all parted ways, right? Right. Um, that absolutely happens. But it it is our job to speak up and, and do that thing. I'm not going to quiet down, and I'm not going to not fight. So to me, it was like when I realized that I was in an environment that did not accept that and want that, and that was telling me I was being too angry or I was speaking up too much, mm-hmm. and basically tried to like. Tell me to sit down, be humble. Right. I was like, "Ton, peace out. Like, right. get out of here. This finish is, the work. Th- yeah, I wanted to finish the game for my team. Yeah. I wanted, I, I, you know, I, I, I had a commitment. Nobody else was going to be able to pick up my work and get it done at the quality I was hopefully going to be able to, and that's just because of how late it was. Right. Um, not because I'm the only talented person out there. <laughs> right. But like, um, it's t- it's hard to step into a new position yeah, 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 yeah. and pick up late, a bunch of things, especially late on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, late, yeah I'm late sure. on a project, you just you know you just got yeah, dishes yeah. spinning, right? And right. you just kind of keep them all going right. before they all crash. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that is that is one of those things where it's like how much can one person who is outspoken do good versus how much can one person who is a broken cog in a machine fuck up, right? Yeah, and I mean that's the thing when you when you're dealing with systemic inequality, systemic problems, right? When you're dealing with the systemic sexism and racism that our industry has and they don't realize that it has, right? I don't think anyone's out there trying to be not anyone. Mm, I don't so think yeah. my, most people. The people I'm coming across, the yeah, people yeah. that I've had to deal with problems with, yes. right? I don't think they're looking at me and be like, oh, there's a brown guy. He needs to shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just subconscious yeah. like training of like that voice is too aggressive and looks too mean and is not yeah. what I'm used to. Yeah. And also, Canadians are not used to my American <laughs> East Coast. Like, I'm, from the, I'm from the DMV. Yeah, I'm from the yeah, DC exactly, area, right? Exactly, like, exactly. I'm, like, I fit in very well right, in New York because exactly. I can just like speak, like slang, and like. You're you ready know, to go. Yeah, like, let's go. Like, right, get right. out of here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, so, like, when I remember when I brought up, like, the concerns about colonialism, right? Right. They were like, oh, we're going to address that in a good way. And I'm like, but how? And I never got a good answer. And I would ask that every few months. And I wasn't the only one. There were other people. There were other white people, white men who spoke up. There's a lot of really good people inside of Bioware um, who spoke up on this stuff. The problem was the lead writer at the time did not seem to care or understand. Mm. And so this is what happens when I think you have a homogenous leadership. The leadership of Mass Effect Andromeda was all white men. They actually put a post up. I remember. I remember yeah. the picture. They're, and it was yeah. all, and like half of them were bald too. Like they're all like the same <laughs> protagonists of video games, right? They were just one scruffy beard away oh from being gosh. a protagonist and maybe yeah. a little out of shape uh, because <laughs> our people are not in shape. Our people <laughs> video games. It's a lot of sitting in front of a computer. It's a lot of yeah, a lot, and a lot of crunch food like right, pizzas right. and donuts and food. like yeah, yeah. yo, I gained fifty pounds that last year on on, on Mass Effect. I'm like. <laughs> lost 20 something and I'm like right. yo I'm still overweight I, I need to go yeah. run and no, now I came here and I eat a bodega every day it's really dumb so bad, bad choices <laughs> right you just moved to New York after this like that is we'll get to where you're going forward yeah, yeah, yeah. later um, but yeah so like people brought this stuff up about colonialism for mm-hmm. example and it was just not addressed in a reasonable way and then the leadership team 
because they have such blind spots because they're all homogenous, um, basically didn't see it as a problem for the most part. Or, or the people who did did not have the power to get the change to the people above right. them, right? right? So there were good people, but maybe they were new as lead right. or something, and they tried. Well, the th- but they were being shut down as well. The thing that's wild is, like, there is no single solution for this thing because I've heard from different people at different studios and different uh, publishers who work with different publishers that, that, like, each of those situations has a different setup that has wildly different processes for where things break, right? <laughs> so, like... In another studio I know, uh, another major publisher, one of the biggest, one of the big three, I'd say, that are not a platform holder. Um, there was a, a writer I know at a, on a project who was like, I really want to do X, Y, Z. And then that studio, that publisher has like a home base super studio, super writer team that signs off on everything who will just like be like paradropped into every project and make the final decisions on everything. So it's not even someone in the team. It's someone who's like at home base across the pond who like comes right. in, gets dropped in and is like, mm, no, actually we want sexual assault to still be in this game actually. Right. And it's like that the way you address that problem is so much different than how you address yeah. I have a bad person in our in my direct hierarchy is so much different than my person agrees with me in my direct hierarchy but then they have to report out to somebody else and it's like there is no one fixed solution outside of a, a kind of a, a larger accounting and like education around all these issues I mean, and from our side to hold those to hold all everybody you know accountable as critics yeah, I mean, I I agree with you for the most part. I do think there is one a, a solution that, that starts to get you, and that's that's a more diverse right. workforce. Right? It's, it's yes. hiring better. It, yeah. it, it, it is going out of the way to fight the cultural biases. Yeah. You know, this is not a meritocracy. The meritocracy is a lie. It does not exist. <laughs> right. It just benefits white dudes in this industry. Right. And there's a lot of mediocre ones who are getting by and getting new jobs and who are not doing a very good job, frankly. And the marginalized people, the LGBTQ folks, the women, non-binary folks, mm-hmm. uh, people of color. We're struggling at times, and we're not being, we're not getting hired. And when we are getting hired, are we getting in leadership positions? Right. Are we when we're in leadership positions? Are we vo- like? Are we the faces? Are we the on the stage at E3s? Are right. we, are we out there? Right. Like this is why it's important for me to speak out because there's not many people who are like me who have my amount of experience right. who have the awards I have under my name who speak up. And so if there's not that many other people, then I have to do even more. Or who haven't burned out or who haven't like, that's the other I thing burned is, out. Right. Well. Let's, 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 <laughs> I've had two burnouts in this yeah, industry, totally. right? Like, you know, I just took six months off effectively right. to recover from that, right? Yeah. I was basically depressed and for over a year. And thankfully you were in a place where you had, you were able to do that. But for a lot of people who come from marginalized backgrounds, who maybe don't have uh, savings saved yeah. up, who don't have families who can support them, like they burn out. Yep. Because everybody burns out in the industry. That is like across the board. Most people don't industry. last five years. Ex- most people I'm an old across man the board don't exactly. <laughs> I'm not even thirty-five yet. And right, I'm an old and you're man old in industry. this industry. Yeah. Exactly, you're a veteran designer. Yeah. You're a veteran in this industry yeah. at, at seven years, twelve years, or 12 whatever. Years, right, yeah. um, and so like that alone already hurts. And then if you're a marginalized person on top of that, you have a higher chance of then not having that safety net to fall back and like bump you back in yep. and keep you around. Because and that's why you end up. At, that's one of the reasons why you end up with not a lot of us in leadership positions. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, like, I, I've said this before, but, like, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have, like, N. Guy Kroll to look up to yeah. when I was coming out of college, being like, Ken, like, I don't see any black folks right. being game critics. What do, who do I have? Oh, thank God, like, N. Guy is here, and, like, it is the only thing I can, like, I'm so thankful when I hear from young people of color who are like, oh, wow, like, you, I can do that. Right. That's great. And so the thing is that we have to build our own platforms from all the different aspects. I think you've done that here with Waypoint, you know, the type of people, Danielle and the rest of your staff, mm-hmm. you, you have a more diverse uh, staff than most 
most you know critical websites do uh, right. in a video a cover video game culture and news. Um, I look at it as we need more black and brown companies that are led yeah. by us. So, like, for me, while I'm not quite ready to talk about all this stuff about my company, what I can say is that it's going to focus on black and brown voices and people right. and intersectionally. So I want to make sure that we are represented, that the company is made up of a diverse staff. Um, and that we are making games about our voices and our spaces. That could be the joy, that could be the pain, it could be all the stuff in between as well. Awesome. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. I, I'm going to take a quick break for an ad, so we're going to be right back, and then we're going to talk about much more, all sorts of intersectionality. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, so welcome back. We're here. We're talking about important issues. And uh, one thing I wanted to chat with you about, Manavera, a little bit about, you had a really famous GDC talk like three years ago. GDC yep. 2014, it was like a call to arms. Yeah. Stamp out the racism. Stamp yeah, out the sexism. Really well. We're done, right? That's yeah. it. That's no, it. no. We did a fair. I wish, I <laughs> wish that would be back. cool. Yeah. I mean, so, was this 2014? Yeah, yeah 2014. this is like six months before Gamergate, right? Uh, Basically, yeah, or something right before Gamergate. Like, like right before. But I mean, that like, speaks to the anxiety that it was, right? Like the building yeah. tension. That I, that yeah. you were responding to was already there. We've talked about game I mean, it's, it's always, always, been, always there. been there. It's, it's, it's never been, not. I, there. I think all of us marginalized folks have always known. Right? But there was that sense of like, all right, shit's coming, shit's coming. Like, it's coming now. Stuff I is mean, starting yeah. to spike out. We're starting to see 4chan like people pop up on YouTube more and more. We're starting right. to see the. We're starting to talk about the alt right. We're starting to talk about the neo reactionary move. Like all of these things felt like they were coming, and mm-hmm. you were like, yo, we need we need an army. Yeah. I mean, and we, we, we did and we still do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I said, in like even before that, I was on a panel with N-Guy mm-hmm. and some other people um, in, I think, 2010, 2011, um, talking about that. And I, my, my statement was, like, where are the Spike Lees of our industry? Right. You know, now I would say, like, where are the Ava DuVernay's and the right. Jordan Peele's yeah. of our industry, yes. right? Yeah. And, like... We, are you saying that because Chirac was so bad? Is that you don't know more Spike Lee <laughs> shout outs? I mean... <laughs> Spike's kind of washed now, isn't yeah. it? Like, like I love like like where right were, are, now we get to say where were the Spike Lees? Yeah, yeah because yeah. now that you know the Avas and the Jordans can say yeah, yeah. we had a Spike Lee. Right. We don't. We didn't have a Spike Lee of video games. Right. So like I'm gonna be real honest. Like that's what right. I feel like I can do. Like do and, and at least in like a you know I'm not I'm not a black person of right. color, but as a brown person of color who, who tries to be aware of anti-blackness and all right. the other issues that we have, we got to start like going around that. And that talk was kind of a way of saying. We need to have more of our voices in there in the game content. Mm-hmm. It can't just be the people working on it. It has to be the game content as well. The protagonist. Right. The protagonist. The, like, why is it always yeah. like you know? It has uh, to be both representational inside of who's making it and in, ter- in yeah, terms it's, of it's, it's a two pronged attack. And yeah, I basically yeah. gave the attack on the in game content because that was easy to criticize and show a, a, a line of like how identity identity and stuff matters for right. a lot of people. 
I hadn't thought about this until this moment, but it's interesting because, like, obviously the thing that you hear again and again and again, right? we hear it less now than we did in, like, 2010 was, like, the, the classic, like, what is a Citizen Kane of games, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But what, I, what I'm thinking now is, like, there will never be a do-the-right-thing of games, not because there won't be something that tackles race the way the do-the-right-thing did, but because do-the-right-thing came out in a specific moment at a right. specific time in a specific place yes. that reflected the those specific, like, cultural tensions. Yeah. And... The time for the do the right thing of games already passed, and now we need whatever's after that. Do we need but to we get out? We like, basically, so we need a Crooklyn. We can't have the Crooklyn or the Get Out e- either because they built on do the right thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. built on all the movies. Right. About it's going to be our own unique difference. Exactly. You are yeah. right. I think it'll have some similarities, but yeah, it's sure. never going to be the same. Right. right? It'll uh, all, and if anybody tries, it'll be like a shadow. Right. Like I think about something like uh, I, I kind of. Dragged uh, We Are Chicago really like badly. This I heard year. things about. I have not played it. I heard things about. It's very game. frustrating. And now that I think about it, it's a lot of trying to use like the visual language and the narrative design of stories about race from other media instead of building something fresh from the ground up that actually speaks to the way that like black people live in 2017. And right. so I hadn't actually processed this until this moment, but like. There is something tragic that we never got to do the right thing of games because now we can't get that next step. And instead, we're still at that foundational. We need to build that first fucking thing. So, like, whew, sorry, I didn't get that no, all out. No, it's good. Yeah. How do we do that? And then, too, like, to, to Danielle's point, like, where are we today versus when you gave that GDC well, and speech? Especially, especially <laughs> the last couple of weeks where there's, yeah. there's, I feel like, added emphasis. And I wonder if it's what... I wonder if it's a step towards progress that we're at least starting to have conversations about harassment and at least starting to throw some harassers under right. some buses. And I hope that continues, certainly. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that's part of this. I yeah. wonder if it, if it represents any movement forward, even if it's just inching forward. Yeah, so I'll answer the first part first. Like, w- Are we going to get that do the right thing? I'll, I'll be real honest. That's basically my goal, right? Like, yeah. I ha- I, I'm working on a game... Um, that is basically about the war on drugs and the destruction of the black and brown communities in, in the cities by the war on drugs and white supremacy. Um, and Do the Right Thing is very inspirational into that. Now, does it take the same story or anything like that? No, not at all. Yeah. And it'll be very different in many different ways. But that that was an inspirational thing. So there are people like myself, but hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm still working on raising funding and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So it's it's sure. way too early to know that this is even going like, to really happen. Right. But I have plans. And I have some people who are ready to work with me as soon as I can get some of the money in right. so I can pay people properly. Um, so there are people doing things like that. But it's coming from indies. But then again, Spike was kind of indie back right. then. Like he was, yeah, you know. Indies, yeah. Um, he, he was doing low-budget stuff. So maybe it has to start that way. Yeah. Um, so on that respect, I think there's at least one person here who can do that, and I know there's a couple, there's a few other people out there doing that. There's not enough though. We need more because most games miss, right? Eighty yeah. percent of games miss. So we need to make like you know, which isn't a drag on those. 80%. No, 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 no. Like, it's like, hard to make games. It's hard to make. Games. It's hard to make any you art. Can make art a, is hard. You yeah. can make a good game and it can still miss in the marketplace, yes. right? You could have not marketed it well. You could have positioned it poorly. You could have not gotten the word. Like there's a lot of issues. Um, so. I think that's going to come slowly. Hopefully, you know, over time I can start talking more and more mm-hmm. about that, you know, as I get some of my stuff going. And frankly, if I see other people doing that stuff, I'm going to try to promote their voices. On, you know, I got a decent Twitter following. You know, I'm going to start, like, trying to promote those voices and get them out there. Now, as to the actual harassment and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, like, that's are another we doing, side of it, I know. Yeah. But, are, you know. are we doing better as an industry on racism, sexism, homophobia, etc.? Yeah. I don't know that we are. 
it feels like if we have made forward progress, it's so incremental that does it f- like does it really matter at all? Um, to me, no, because like, what's the difference between like like two boots on my head and one boot on my head? <laughs> like, there's still a fucking boot on my head. Yeah, it sucks. Right. Yeah. Um, I know powerful men in this industry who have sexually harassed women and other men, yep. touched right. genitals, who have like done all this stuff, and who are in power, who literally email me and ask like, "Hey, do you want to have a meeting?" And I just have to ignore them. Because I know they're yeah. skeezes. Yeah. Right. I know people who run some of the biggest companies who have done terrible things. These stories exist. People in our industry know. The problem is, it's like I know it's not my place to like expose that because I put potentially the victims in, right. in, in danger and stuff like that. Um, but it, it, it hurts because I have all this knowledge and I don't know necessarily what to do with it. And I think as an industry... Now, I try to talk to, especially like a lot of women developers and stuff, like how do we handle some of this stuff? And the same stuff exa- uh, ha- uh, exists for racism, right? Of course, yeah. Like I've heard a lot of anti-black like like stuff in the workplace. I have worked for 12 years in this industry and worked with maybe two or three black folks <laughs> in the entire time. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. That's like a, a – I've worked with more like brown people who look at me like more like – That's not even a three-fifths average. No, man. No, three-fifths <laughs> three would be a – like that would be – <laughs> I've been for a year. I mean, you're not even getting one for a year. three fifths of a black person for a year, which is that's no, even like, low by American standards. And zero times were they actually directly in a team oh, with me. Of course. Like, right, like right. they were always like, "Oh, this is a person in the cinematics department. Like, right, this you is catch a, someone at the this subway. This is like an artist that works over there. <laughs> right. This is like you nodded each other. Not, like, yeah, of course. Like, yes. like, you're, you're in a yes. white space. You're like, yes. So, yeah. Because like. <laughs> We talk different to each other. We code switch, and we, mm-hmm. we, we you know, mm-hmm. I speak white to white folks, and mm-hmm. I don't speak white to other like mm-hmm. not white folks. Um, so, like, yeah, it's 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 really not doing well. And look at the protagonists in games. Has that really shifted? Are we seeing non-white protagonists like running games? Are, are the Grand Theft Autos having lots of you know women in their games and stuff? Yeah, right. in positive, in, in, in like the same sorts of roles. Only strippers, men. right? Only, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know that we've made any significant process. Now, I do think there are indies and stuff that have done, you know, things like, you know, Steve Gain or somebody who did, did some good work, you know, with the stuff that him and, like, Tacoma and uh, um, gone home before right. that. And that's a team that has multiple women on it. Yeah, like, and he's know, gone like, out of his way. Carla, shout out, right. Like, yeah. that yeah. team has, yeah. has is a, a diverse team in terms of gender, at least. Yeah, yeah. It's all white people. They're diverse on gender. I think it's all white people. Yeah, exactly. So it's like sometimes you get these other, like, people who get it, but also they'll be diverse on gender, but they won't be diverse on race, or they'll be diverse on race and not gender though i haven't really seen that one nearly as much no um yeah. and it's hard because like as somebody who's trying to hire diverse people like it's hard to find black women who want who have the time to work on games there's not that many because we pushed them out so long ago <laughs> right. that they don't exist at the experience right. levels that sometimes you want and it becomes a chicken and egg problem mm-hmm. so we have to like solve that problem by better mentorship by you know the teaching you know you know nyu's game center is here and right. like, you know yeah. they're they're their students are actually fairly diverse like yeah. i've gone there so and, and so was some good like diversity on the staff too on yeah. the on the teaching staff yeah. so like um yeah I, I have a number of dear friends who, who who work over there um and so that gives me future hope mm-hmm. but again you know we can't like as we were discussing before you can't just hope and like wait for it to happen you have to fight and make it happen and so that talk was me fighting and this me here this is me fighting mm-hmm. and the more public I'm going to be now that I'm, you know, kind of back after my little year of being quiet and <laughs> little low key, and it's kind of like you know resting and relaxing. Back to big mouth shit. Back, back, back to <laughs> your big mouth shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just gonna, you know, piss off a lot of people, and that's fine. I'm good with it. You know, um, because I, I don't think I'm saying the wrong things, and so I hope that we can get to a point where our game staffs are more diverse and our, our, our things are more diverse and that we don't have to have this conversation. But I think we're a long way away from that. I don't think we're close. Yeah. yeah. Right. And 
Are and you, honestly, with this administration coming in, maybe we've got even gone backwards. Sure. But this gives us a really good moment. This is a great moment yeah. in history to make art that reflects the cultural moment that we are in. Right. I know that's well, what for I'm me, trying to work it's on. It's just like there is a bigger tune in suddenly. Like I don't think the message that like I so white so, people started paying attention. Right. That's not all. all the that's song. not yes. But a lot of <laughs> yeah. people are like ah oh, shit. I should mm, uh, should have listened to should have listened. Right. And and. It is easy to be bitter about that, and I think that that is – it's fair to be bitter for like a minute. Like I've talked about the, the – the, was it the Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle skit on the, the SNL right after the election where they were like, yeah, like if, yes, this is what this country yeah. is. It's okay to have it's that moment. This. It's, been it's been this. Been it's a this good way. moment to have. It's okay to have that moment. But for me, I want to have that second moment, which is like how do I make sure I don't lose that opportunity? My message between when I was writing as a freelancer you know, four or three years ago when no one knew who I was and when I was writing about race and culture and, and labor right. and all that has not changed that much. Right. But now there is an audience for it, partially because things have gotten more visibly worse for those people right. who previously had every excuse in the world not to look. And so, like, it isn't, it isn't even like, oh, I have to pivot my message a little bit. I have to make sure it's like, no, 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 no. There is just a bigger audience for it now, and to let that go by would be a waste. I, I completely agree with that, right? And, and like, art reflects culture, and it, it can impact culture, and so we can make things that say something, right? We have to say something important with our, with our work, right? Like, yes, escapism as games is fun and great, and, yeah, that, yeah. and that's fine. I'm not going to blame anybody who wants to play that. We all need escapism. But there is an imbalance of how much escapism we have to how much things are, like, have meaningful things to say. Um, and I, I would hope that we're starting to see more games have more meaningful things to say and talking about, like, the current political climate or racism, sexism, and all that kind of right. stuff. Right. Yeah, I, I always, I mean, obviously. I'm letting you guys talk because obviously this is the conversation that should be happening for sure. You I, are a queer woman in 2017. I, it's, yeah. it's true. Do it's not, true. I understand. I'm just not, saying, like, yeah, yeah. of course, I want to foster this environment. Intersectionality matters. It yes. does. It does. 100. percent I, I am always of the opinion of, oh God, I really want to see protest games. I want to see games yeah. that are angry. I want to see games that are are too. pissed off about this environment. But I'm always worried, of course, about the side of it that is the commercial side of mm-hmm. like, oh, how how do you make this palatable and marketable yeah, to I this wider, you know, well, like so what about what? this Far Cry game that's coming out, right? Like, yeah. I, don't, I haven't paid close attention yeah, to it, yeah. but like, is it going to be nailing the commentary? I, like, or I, because I, I, I don't personally. Well, you try- can check out if you check my email. What you'll find is there is a prequel novel that you could read. <laughs> Oh boy, a prequel novel to a video game. That sounds like uh-huh. something I never want to it's do. Written ever. By someone, it's written by someone named what was it? It's like Urban Wit or something. Oh yeah. I swear I thought it said Urban White, my guy. I thought I <laughs> I swear I opened up my email the other day and it was like you could read the new I want to name part. this episode Urban White, but I can't but I want no, to you because it's amazing. Right, I think we should. I think this should be Urban White. It absolutely can be. Here it is. Ubisoft to publish Far Cry Absolution, a new novel written by Urban Wait. W A I T E based on the upcoming Far Cry Five video game. Yo, like my Urban? guy, that name is too. Oh my god. My guy. Right there, my Urban god. White. Um Oh, well, the the so I don't know about Far Cry. I like mm, mm, I want Far Cry Five to be the thing. Okay, so here's the and thing. I like that people are upset about it. I like that there are people who are like this is too close to home. Yeah, like all right, yeah, I, fuck yeah, you. And I and I want that feeling too. But, I want those people to feel weird. But the thing is, I live in Montreal. I have a lot of friends right. who work at Ubisoft Montreal. Yeah. I know a lot of the dirt that happens inside that yeah. company. I <sighs> I don't know if I trust it. Right. And or like, I, you might have trusted it at like the base level, right? At the like. There are people there who want to tell that story. Oh, yeah, I, I do then, trust that people want to tell the story. I don't trust that it will be executed well, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to who is leading the team. Right. Who are the people in charge? Are they all white men again? Right. Because, frankly, I don't trust 
adjust a team of that people right. to get that right because there's so many nuances there are perspectives there right, right exactly and we need out. to be able to talk, talk about all those different things and right? just like there are blind spots there are I mean, there's like, total there, blind there spots are, there are things that you just don't see exactly like I just said blind spots yeah. like maybe I should have just said there are things we don't see instead like I don't I don't know absolutely um, we all fuck up on that way right like I, mean, I, I come from a community the South Asian community right. has a lot of anti-blackness in it for right. example right. right and like we performed that for a long period of time and you realize no we're not all in this fight together sometimes we perform in a in a poor way so like right. even within minority groups we fight and we don't yes, do well right sure do but the 90s in la taught us that uh-huh. right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and we just talked about this because we were writing about halt and catch fire which i think actually connects back to your initial point right sure, was it, sure. danielle you just wrote a piece today that went yeah, up yeah, went up on this the finale of halt and catch fire which is a show about the computer industry in the late 80s in the mid to late 80s basically actually like early 80s into the early 90s through. it's like okay. 11 years or something but yeah um, yeah and what did what was the the piece that was kind of about this well, the main speech. focus of this piece there's two characters who are women there's sort of like two main male characters two main female characters and the women of course are have a lot of shit to deal with due to sexism even in the early 80s even in like going into the 90s and they're like women in tech and final episode donna who has actually become like a venture capitalist she is like re- sorry spoilers i guess for for a halt and catch uh-huh. fire it, it's not really relevant to like oh you know her character arc, yeah, yeah, but yeah. You know, she's a successful businesswoman in this space. She's a former engineer. She's brilliant. And here she is, you know, having like an event for women in tech. And basically the thrust of it is I've had to do shitty things to other women to be where I am. I'm not proud of that. And I really hope that, you know, in, in when my daughters, she's teenage daughters, are, you know, my age, that they don't have to go to events like this. They don't have to go to women in tech events. That everything is just a little more egalitarian. Everything's yeah. a little more equal. And I watched that and I almost sobbed because it was right. just like... Oh God! In nah. 2017, well, this was in 1994 yeah, like in the when, fiction. When there's and only it's like, one slot or two slots right. for that person, right? Then right. we're all fighting for the scraps. Right. And why right. do we have to fight for scraps? Why don't we get the table? Right. And like, I don't want to exactly. fight for scraps at the table. I don't want to fight for a seat at the table. Right. I want to well, own the factory is, that makes the man, fucking table. It's so God frustrating. Right. Yeah. I just, I just, we talk about scraps. I actually just over on my private Twitter. I just oh. was like, I saw somebody talking about. I saw a person who I respect a lot talking about the fact that a major male comic book character is like. Uh, like long term in a long term relationship with a queer woman, right? As a male dude, the male character is it's Batman and Talia uh, Al Ghul, right? And Talia oh, right. is like a queer woman, is like bi, um, and it was like, is this, does this what's this mean? Like, where is this rate on the representational scale? And like, it fu- I'm not mad at that person for saying that. Right, what I'm right. mad at is the situation where it's like, is this where we are with representation that right. we have to treat scraps like feasts? Right, we have to fucking treat like any. That Batman, that Bruce Wayne is married to or is in a long-term relationship with a bi woman right. counts as good representation. Right. Which I'm not saying it doesn't count for nothing, but it's like... That's real small, it's, right? It's like, we're like... Yeah. like yo, we like, can do better. We can do better. <laughs> it means that there's an important character who is a bi woman in, in comics. Yeah. Like that, does, that means something. Yeah, absolutely. But sure. like... And, like, because of her connection to Batman, it means she will be featured more and more. But, like, mm, uh, I'm making a look. There's no camera on, but, mm. yeah. uh, and And it's yeah. one of those things where it's, like, I just am so frustrated about by that on the rep, on the rep, representational side, fictionally, but also in the representational side in terms of the makeup of companies, the makeup of artists, the makeup of, like, who is in positions of power, positions of creative control. Uh, and, like, when you described that to me, one of the things that you were talking about with that scene when you first wrote it, you were, like, I, I wish that 
that we had that optimist that optimism going forward. Right, now. the optimism of the '90s, and then right. there, you left, of course, a great note that was like '90s actually were terrible for other people, for a lot yeah, of people, for, like, yes, for most people. There was like, this moment for yeah. like for this character, like yes, some people she did she had to do terrible things to women to get to where she got right. to. She did that. She's still white and could. And she's still, still white. Yeah, power you know, you know power business woman right exactly. of the 1990s, but like. That episode happens in 94, 94, right? exactly. Which is like two years after the L.A. riots, yep. which we were just talking yep. about. That's why I made this connection. It was like there's always that other thing happening in the background 100%. that is that coats any optimism with some shade. Yeah. And I mean, so that description made yes. me then think of your speech. Okay. And like it was that speech naive that like this is a moment where we could gather in 2014 and we could change things or was it was it like – was it optimism in the face of skepticism or in the face of cynicism? I think it was. Uh, I think it's showing that we are and have been fighters, right? Okay. Like I don't think it's like thinking that oh we're just going to change this, right? I, I certainly wasn't coming out with that energy. If someone took it that way, uh, I'm sorry that sure, I, sure, I sure. gave that impression. Uh, no, I thought this was going to be real difficult, and to me it was like a rallying of the troops, like as you right. said before. Yeah. Um, it, it is about like how can we all unify, right? Unity is power. Like, how can we get together and do something more powerful and, and, and bigger than, than ourselves right. or in our individual, like, ways that we look at the world and our own biases and problems? Um, now, that was, for me, in a, somewhat necessary just to express, hey, there is a problem. And right. did you understand that there is a problem? You, like, almost... You almost did the thing where it's like I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna waste time arguing with you if there's a problem. What I need is yeah. for you to suit up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because exactly like, to me, like there's always been a problem. Like right. I was like dealing. I've been dealing with racism since I was like five years. Yeah. I got called the N word at age five. Fifth oh grade, God. I got called Rodney King for fifth grade. The white kids would play cops versus Rodney right. King at recess. Oh that was a fun game to play when you're brown and yeah, the, the, no. the closest thing to a black man in your school. <laughs> that, they, that they had, right? They didn't yeah. have a black Shout guy. Shout out to Damascus, oh Maryland. Oh, trash. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, then the, the follow-up there, though, is, like, so now how do you rally the troops in 2017 when we're so exhausted, <laughs> where the the types of people who are sitting at this table, black people, brown people, queer people, like people who are not just the the bulk of people in power, how do you push through the fatigue in a year where there is not just fatigue in our industry, but there is an additional amount of fatigue in the world after years of, of talking about sexual harassment, after years of talking about black people being killed in the streets, after years of talking about brown people being bombed overseas and or actually not talking about that and pretending that that right. was maybe not an issue during the last right. administration. Um, I, like, how do we get the strength to like, all right, let's get back together. Let's we can't be bitter. We have to be fighting or we can be bitter, but we also have to keep fighting. Yeah, I think it's a mix, uh, a mix of a few things. I think for off, we have to start building our own spaces and realize that white folks and like men and, you know, straight folks are not going to uh, let us into the spaces they've already built, that the, that the systems are not built in a way to want to change. I fought. EA, Bioware, internally to try to change culture. I fought Activision on these sorts of same things. The reasons I left most companies are for... not the exact differences? But, but yeah, it's basically when you realize that you're just running into a brick wall, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of would joke at work, I'm like, I'm a Krogan, I will, I, I, will, <laughs> I will headbutt a brick wall, but it comes a point where you've headbutted enough brick walls right. and you're like, I'm, I'm done with this, right? right? right. And that's where I hit, and that's when I realized I needed to start my own black and brown company and then, and, and then do the work myself. So one thing is we have to start building that. So I'm hopefully one, but I'm not enough. Like, right. I'm not going to have a 
You, maybe hopefully one day I can get like a, you know a one billion dollar company, but like they happen to be, like. <laughs> and even then, there should be another one. Exactly. Right? Like, we have to not... have, you know, so where's our BET of games, right? right like right, where right, are right. The, the things that maybe a little bit more broadly, right. right? For for not just for black folks, but for black yeah, yeah, and brown yeah. folks and, and intersectional folks as well right. uh, on that stuff. That's one way I look at it. The second thing is I think we have to look at people with energy and the and that's youth on uh, usually because they haven't been their, their been souls have not right. been crushed yeah. yet, uh-huh. right? <laughs> I remember when I was 22, 23, yeah. working 80, 90 hour weeks on Wolf. Einstein and that was no problem. Right. I work like 50 hours now and I'm like done for a week. <laughs> I'm just like faded. I'm just, right. Right. grumpy. Yep. My knees hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna slap somebody. You ever notice I, I'm getting older. The thing that okay, the thing that caught me was like joint pain is a thing my that knees are hurting right now just sitting here. I used to be like if I fucked up my, my elbow or my, my shoulder or something, like, oh whatever, it's gonna hurt for two days and then like whatever. I, I hurts for weeks. I, yeah, I fucked up my shoulder recently. It's been fucked All up right. for two weeks. I know it's gonna go away. Like I know it'll be better in a month. Like last year I fucked up my foot and it hurt for it might not. six months. I'm here to tell you it might not. I know it might not. I'm, just, I'm hoping <laughs> I'm on the one side of it where it never where it does I go. I literally away. separated my shoulder, I dislocated my shoulder this year and it still hurts all the time. And like it just pops out sometimes. <sighs> And then, like, it's like I just took four months back. Like, or so hango- like, hangovers last two days. That's a fun one. Oh, I, oh, I, I hate <laughs> it. I can't drink Thanks. anymore. Father Time. I can't unde- even drink. Father well, Time undefeated. Okay. Undefeated. You undefeated. Can't go undefeated. Father Time undefeated. undefeated. Fuck. Man, you can't come at these streets with him. can't. He shows up. <laughs> yo. And he doesn't even roll deep. It's just Father Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Father Time rolls up in an SUV. He's like, yo, what's up, son? You pops up the back doors and he says, get in. He doesn't, no, people don't come out. Yeah. <laughs> you hobble your butt right, over like, there. He's like, get in. And, he like, and he, you give him a look like, no, like, no, get in. And you get in. That's it. And then you, you know, sometimes you get bodied afterwards. Oh, That's the way it goes. Father right? Time. It's coming for us all. Yeah. So how do you, so like given that, yeah. given the fact that we've talked about burnout, we've talked about how rare it is that people stay in the industry, like anybody, again, yeah. I'm going across, we're talking about cis straight white dudes burn out after five years too. Like lots of people burn out of the industry. How do you get un- unity inside of the industry? Let me just say what like everyone writes us every time we talk about this, like why no union? Why no game developer union? Yeah, because like nobody wants to speak up on a union, or nobody. A lot of people think that unions are bad. Unions have a bad rap. But where's that come from? Oh, it becomes some capitalism because corporations taught us that. And there are some corrupt unions. And of course, of like course. any amount of power eventually gets some amount of corruption, right? right? And so you can look at the teamsters and stuff like that, and people look at that very negatively. Right. But they forget about all the rights that were given. Right. That that were fought for. That teachers got. That right. that steel workers got, etc. From these unions. Um. And it's why, but like my industry throws shade at like when the voice actors, like the, the Screen Guild or whatever, uh, like strikes. Yeah, I, recall. And, and I was 100% on board with that. I, you know, I, I get what they were fighting for. Um, and, and my industry was like, people, the developers, like, we don't get these residuals. Why should they? And like, no, the answer isn't why should, shouldn't yeah. they? The answer is why aren't we fighting for that well, too? Even yes. that fact was one of those things that was fucked up from the jump because it was framed as residuals when it was really a bonus. And two, there are lots of people in the industry who do get a bonus. That's correct. I know people make six figure bonus. Bonuses right. on Call of Duty's all the time. Right, that happens. Like, so it isn't even that out of the realm. It's just like it was immediately framed as this thing that you don't get, so that you will be opposed to it. Yeah. So, like, but why is it the case? What, what would it? I mean, let me rephrase it. What would it take to to motivate uh, game developers to organize collectively 
if not a union, then maybe something that was a better advocate than like the IDGA or, or anything like that. I, I don't know what that looks like because I think it needs to be almost a catastrophic event. Like, okay. <laughs> like what's the equivalent of like a mind collapse? Like, I right. don't know what that looks right. like another in our industry. Crash or because another... frankly, like, yeah. EA spouse happened how many years ago? And right. not, like there were minor changes after that, but the, I don't think there was like a wholesale, like we just got minimum wages and like right. hourly wages paid and you know, um, I mean that's this is like and that was an important moment even in collapses that, that Aaron, when Aaron wrote that that whole letter. But um, I mean this is my favorite. We, we were at some point hope to do a Blade Runner spoiler cast. Yes. <laughs> oh, Blade Runner is my favorite movie of oh, all well, time. Actually, we're gonna do a 2049 one because it just dropped. Yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, yeah. I watched right. it. I watched so like my favorite thing about the setting in that, and I'm gonna spoil a very broad thing in the setting of that movie yeah. is that the replicants have a revolution right. in that in the background. Like it, it doesn't happen in the movie. It, has, yeah. it happened 30 years ago. Yeah. Caused this blackout. Erased all of these these things. Um, uh, and the response to that is like, okay, no more replicants at first. And then right. they start making replicants again. But this time there's going to be different rules so that they're not mistreated. Like, no, actually, here are the new rules. They don't die after six years automatically. <laughs> um, they're perfectly enslaved forever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we learn nothing. <laughs> and they get yep. homes and they can buy stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. that's the thing. Is like they can participate they can in capitalism. They can participate in capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. Go to their homes that have slurs written on their doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, that's what revolution gets you is just like a, a higher class of being lower class. Yep. Yeah. And that was like my, that's like one of my favorite story, like world building yes. parts of that, of that story is just like part of the reason that people don't put their necks out for big revolutionary action is because the the return might not be there, or they might not believe that the return. Can I mean, be you can look enough. at you can look at it in a much bigger way, right? Look at what happened with the Arab Spring. Look right. what happened in right. the, with, with all these things. Are they in better positions or not? Like that's a it's a complicated question because yeah. obviously being under authoritarian rule is terrible, and it may, but like sometimes you what you get afterwards is can, also, be, can be also can be authoritarian also be ter- or, un- or, way. or unstable or exactly can be, you know risky for a billion other reasons. You lose getting some, killed by somebody else this time. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. the thing is that these revolutions they're built. These all things don't happen peacefully, right? They they they, they happen through violence. Mm-hmm. Like the history of this world is built through violence, unfortunately. Like I wish it wasn't, but you know I'm also right. a Malcolm X. Like by you're, right, 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 right. You're you're a, you're a pre-Malcolm or pre-Mecca Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The, is the is the thing there? Like, so we can talk about violence in a bunch of different ways. Right. We could talk about violence with Wolfenstein, actually. Even right? sure. Like, you were you made a game in which you killed a bunch of Nazis. Oh, it was great to kill a bunch of Nazis before <laughs> at a time yeah. when you made when you were working on Wolfenstein for Raven. That was a time in which the industry was like I'm bored of killing Nazis. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Like now. <laughs> Where do you what do you feel about that? Do you feel at this point that's like we're talking about killing real Nazis or other? Uh, I support both. Okay, you're good. You're on board with killing Nazis across the board. Yes. Okay. I I will put my name on that. Yeah. Okay. Put it all. Put it. Okay. Put, put it, it down. Put, put it. In. Put we it in the show you, notes. We got you yeah. down right yeah. here. Andrew killing Nazis. Kills Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would kill Nazis. This is going to show up. You know, if I'm ever in court for killing yeah, a Nazi, it is absolutely this going is to show up. Definitely going to judge. show up. This is the prosecutor is going to. So hey, prosecutor. All right. I'm not going to say anything else. Here to be a snitch. You know. You know. But like you. You. Sorry, continue your question. I no, 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 I want to know where you, where was your brain at? Uh, I, I was just remembering like the whole thing that happened with Princess Nokia on the L train, like right. when she threw like a super racist yeah. you know, and stuff yeah. like that. It's like people are fighting back, right? right? And to me, that is fighting back against white supremacy is a version of fighting back against not Nazis and fascism, right? right. right? Um, and so. I think games like Wolfenstein, you can see they're leaning into it with their ad campaign right now. Yes, like, they are. Like Pete Hines and that crew um, are, ha- have captured that moment and done a smart job, hopefully, by doing it. Is it a bit disingenuous? I don't, I don't know. I haven't played the game. I right. Can't, I can't That's really the comment question, on right? it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important to know that, like, yo, these are the enemies. Like, these were not... 
Like, and then Wolfenstein was always weird because it was like fake. It was like you know, all the history was, where like right, all the right. machines came. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was like there's zombies and like right, zombies oh they got and, like rocket packs right. and like you know, there's ion cannons that like dissolve people and they're right. just the most fun things to work on. But they're also not real, right? right. They're not the real history. And I remember working on Wolfenstein. When they wanted us to be super open world and stuff like that, there was a segment where, like, you would go and, like, free people from, like, Nazi jails. And there was going to be, like, teeth on the ground. Like, the gold fillings were moved and stuff like that. And then, then, like, the real – and we had discussions, like, that's too much. Mm. We can't have mass graves. We can't – and so it became this way of talking about, like, Nazis, but we wouldn't talk about the real stuff. We only talk about the fun – the stand-in right. fun fake stuff, you can make it like kind of palpable to an audience. Mm-hmm. And that was a really instructive moment. And I was too young to really get that then, that that was kind of maybe fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was something was wrong with that, but like... Because like in your gut, you could feel Yeah, like, but I didn't I know how to express it. Yeah, and, like I kind of yeah, just yeah, went yeah, with the yeah, flow. Yeah. Well, we talked about this on the... We, so we're doing a Waypoint 101, which is like our like book club style thing for Wolfenstein and uh, The New Order. And one of the things that came up from a, uh, a listener like wrote in and said like, why is it that games always make Nazis seem super powerful? Why, does, why is it that games Competent. always... Make them very competent, yeah, yeah. hyper competent, sure. like in charge of logistics, like perfect. I think it's what we think of Germans too, right? German engineering, right? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And like that's an interesting thing, right? It's like you don't see their cruelty is always this like big picture cruelty, yeah. uh, and rarely is this other sort of cruelty, which is like teeth on the ground, yeah. right? Uh, and that's that's an interesting like component of that picture. Yeah, and I, and I also just think, frankly, people are real concerned about depictions that could be considered anti-Semitic or sure. stuff in, in, in the right. industry. Um, and Which is fair. It, it is fair, but again, I think, again, having homogenous leadership yeah, yeah, teams, yeah. they don't know how to navigate the space. So they, they, right. instead of navigating the space, they just go, we're not going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, why homogenous leadship teams right. need to basically end. Right. Yeah, Do we you, even. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say we even had a question this week. Sure. We don't need to go into questions oh, uh, we got a proper, question. yeah. but but there was a question this week about the Holocaust in games okay. and the representation of the Holocaust in games. It ties right into that sure. and doing it right. What does it take to do that right? I'm not saying anybody here has the answer, Ooh, but yeah. looking at that kind of that kind of cruelty, that kind of scale of cruelty, and that kind of uh, event that happened in history, like how do we do that right? Yeah. And also have a game that can sell copies like how how does one go about now well, so like how does a movie do it right That's how does a exactly. shameless right. list do it how does right. it, it what it does is it tries to show the cruel depiction in a real uh brutal way it doesn't really back down if anything it doubles down mm-hmm. yeah. on a lot of the depictions um the difference is is in a video game you're complicit by being interactive right, right. so it's a lot easier to watch the violence against you know uh Jewish folks and and, and the mm-hmm. other marginalized folks who were killed yeah. in the Holocaust on on screen than it is to potentially potentially uh, witness it in a game or participate in it if you're playing as like an enemy or maybe you know a Nazi who turns good and tries right. to, whatever right, that story right. could be right yeah, yeah yeah and so it becomes a very different kind of kind of um, feel I think what you needed one is it's a dedication to actual historical accuracy to an extent, right? Like, mm. it doesn't have to be a real story. It can be a fake story, but, like, the, the yeah, elements, yeah. The, the the story you're telling needs to have be supported by history. And, like, you know, there are, sco- there are scholars who spend their entire lives doing this. <laughs> yeah. yes. Are people in my industry going to those types of people and interviewing right. them and doing that? Not ma- Some are. Not many, if I, I sure. feel like, right? Yeah. The thing is, that is already so much more work than it is to make another Call of Duty World War II game. 
Right. By the way, talking about going back to 12 years ago, right? Yeah, I know. It's wild. <laughs> right? like, like, World people War are excited about out. it, right? We're killing a lot of Nazis hey, that's, that's, year, that's right? really new, right? Remember when we were all tired of World War II? Well, that's Remember when we were all tired of this shit? It was like, yep. do you, does this change, does this moment of like, yo, fuck Nazis, does that, is, should we be giving credit to like the new Wolfenstein game for yo, fuck Nazis, or is it just like, yeah, they were going to make a game where we go fuck Nazis because... Yeah, no, they're just capturing on our... Yeah, they, it's like the, a good... So here's the thing. is like the, these games are... They, they, they take... Usually AAA games take a minimum of two years. Right. Mo- most games. Besides like maybe the, the sports games and, and some other examples. Right. Um, and that's minimum. I've worked on two games that have taken four plus years, yeah. right? Mm. Like, so right. T- 10 years of my career is on two games, Wolfenstein and Mass Effect Andromeda. Right. And Mass Effect, like, three is like the two-year game in the middle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like the, the, the quote-unquote fast one. Um... So these things take a while. They were going to make the sequel. I believe the the new order was successful. I know it got good reviews, and I didn't really play it, but yeah. like I know it got good reviews and all that kind of stuff. What they're doing is just leaning into what the culture is, what's going on in, in, in society right now, and using it as part of the marketing campaign. I think that's shrewd. Right. It's potentially. I, I can see we'll how you can be cynical game, about it too. I can see why people would be cynical about it too. Right. That's fair. Um, but I think we have to realize that it's. Uh, an accident or a happy circumstance. Right. Right. Happy is a word we're going to use. <laughs> a you know what I mean? Yeah. For them, it's 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 a it's a coincidence that like, or it's a. Hmm, I'm trying to think of the word because it because maybe it isn't either, right? Like maybe the fact that like someone sat down and was like, no, the KKK should be in this game too. And like I do want to give that. Like I don't know if you've seen that shot, but like, oh, actually, yo, there's just people in hoods that you just like, oh, okay, yo, and, like that's up, yeah, yo, yo. right. And so like that's a thought that someone had was like, okay, how would Nazis who historically already drew from the KKK because white supremacy did not start with Hitler. <laughs> um, how do we? How would those reincorporate? How would they integrate? Like, right. would they? Would there be cl- like yeah. all of that and stuff does suggest a degree of, of artfulness and study yeah. that that like suggests something. So I'm very curious. Yeah. So maybe they had a game going, and then when the election happened, and they realized this, right? Or even before the election, we were right. already seeing this kind of rise. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. someone smart and hopefully was right. like was sort of leaning into it. And you know, shout out to machine. It's still machine it's games. Machine right? games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to them yeah. for doing it. Also, we didn't say it before, but shout out to Visceral and anybody who did lose their job. Yeah. Yes. Straight up, you know, like I'm real sad to see there's a lot of good people over there. There's a lot of good. Here's the thing about when studios close down: mm-hmm. the good people are the ones who lose their jobs. Oh, God. Do yeah. you know how many good people there are at Bio or Montreal? Now a lot of them moved over to Motive and stuff like right. that, or have taken other jobs. But like, I worked with some really good quality people. Yeah. There was just a lot of impediments above us that yeah. I think like you know, kind of created a lot of issues. Right. Um, and they're the ones who suffer. So when a visceral goes down, it's not like visceral sucked. It's like there's yeah. a, there's probably 75% well, that, good people there right. and 25% that ruined it. And those 25% that ruined it are probably the ones who are going to get another high position job. <laughs> they're going to fail the way upwards. this industry fail works. Upwards, right? They're going to fail upwards. Right. They're going to be in a leadership position at that Vancouver studio or some other shit and fail it again, right? Because this is how EA operates. This right. is how these companies operate. Well, there's the other thing here too is I, I was thinking a lot about the EA stuff, not to go all the way back to that, but um, – the notion of time and how long games take should also be thought about when it comes down to like what happened here. This is a game that had been in development for three years. It's supposed to come out in 2019. Yeah. I don't know. That's a five year or a four year and a, four and a half year dev cycle, something like that. Yeah. Um, Probably a couple year pre production lot, right, with right, right. and those, those folks. Yeah. A lot of people came out and were like, well, it can't be the death of the single player game because we got Breath of the Wild, because we got uh, Lost Legacy, because blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, those games came out this year. What would those games look like if they did have another two years on it? Like, what I'm curious about is, like, when The Last of Us 2 comes out, like, 
what's the multiplayer look like there? Because The Last of Us 1 did have multiplayer, yeah. did have, like, uh, I think it did have loot boxes in that multiplayer. I think Uncharted 4 did have loot boxes in its multiplayer. Yeah, you can see that, uh, you can see that publisher effect go pushing into all these <laughs> totally. things. They have to, like, right, right. They have to answer and the so money. I am curious to see what that stuff looks like in a couple of years. Like, I, I promise you Red Dead is going to have, like, some real multiplayer money shit in it because yeah, GTA yeah. Five online did and like yeah. does good money for them like yeah. it does people love GTA online yeah. um, and so I'm not gonna Customize be surprised. Your horse. Custom- <laughs> Listen, horse decals. <laughs> like, I, like I'm gonna joke about the it, horses, but, like you know Taylor. Like, I pay money for horse decals. Like horse decals? Are you kidding me? Like would you get like a cool spot on the horse? Looks like a star. Or, like, <laughs> People would do it. Horse tattoos, Someone would get a horse you know? tattoo, yeah. or, or like, or like Can a I dope put a jacket. Horn on the top of the horse was a unicorn. It was a unicorn. Like spend X, spend that. If you buy a different rock, a different Take Two game, right? Yeah. They had, oh if they had a unicorn, yeah, unicorn pack, exactly. Then, yeah. then, you, then you can roll with Pre-order it. Pre-order right? bonus. But yeah. like, I do think that that stuff is going to be in there. I'm very curious. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I, I, I think you're spot on with a lot of that. We'll see. I'm, I'm like very cautious about yeah. making big proclamations because of what you said before, which is like we've been here before so yeah. many times. The question for me that ends up being like, well, how long is this dip? It's not, it's gone forever. It's it's not, this is the end of single player games. It's like, okay, what's this mean for? Yeah, it's like local minima versus, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're in a little valley. Right, exactly, exactly. Can I ask, mm-hmm. uh, something I've always been curious about and don't, don't answer, obviously, if you can't, but is there ever like an elitism within big teams towards... You know, oh, the people working on the the bespoke single player content versus the people working on loot boxes, multiplayer, things like that. At at a game like an Uncharted, where it's like, oh, people think of it as being a you know single player yeah. adventure, but there's there is of like course a whole where... team working on multiplayer stuff. I don't know. I've just always been curious if that yes exists. Yes and no. I think okay. there's I think there's things that people want to do more. Sure. Mm. So like I can say from the gameplay team, right? Like a gameplay team, like oh, we have to make combat and stuff like that, but we also have to make the multiplayer card packs. And sure. We also right. have to have sure. the distribution of that, and you also have to have like. When you level up the character, what is that power curve look like for R- an RPG yeah. Yeah. and stuff like that? Like, oh, is that all plot out in an Excel spreadsheet? Right. People have to do Are those that. different curves for multiplayer versus probably? Player, like, right? I didn't do them personally, okay. right? Because like probably. that's not something I'm, I'm I'm strong at, right? Okay. That's that there's other people, and so the things I was strong at were like moment to moment gameplay. Like, what's yeah. that thirty seconds of fun? Mm-hmm. What's that like? Yeah. The, what what the, what's the f- game feel like? Right? Yeah. And other people are really good at the behind the scenes math stuff and stuff like that. And sometimes people are good at it but don't want to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for example, I got kind of tired of building combat in games because I built it for twelve years and I got kind of I played every shooter on the market for like right. a good period of my life. I don't want to play. I don't play combat games anymore. I don't barely. I basically don't play AAA games anymore because I'm bored with it and I've done so much of it yeah. that I've kind of been there, done that, and I'm just trying to explore the rest of life. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't say that there's like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm better than you. Right. At least I haven't seen. I'm sure there's some people who feel that way. There's always somebody, <laughs> but like there are like, oh, you have to do the crappy work on, like on the, like <laughs> this month or like this six months or you got this feature that sucks. Yeah. For example, I got cover on Mass Effect Andromeda. I did not want to do cover. Sure. <laughs> um, and like they decided, we decided as a group uh, for a variety of reasons, basically because of how hard cover is to do to make it automatic. And I was like, that's going to come with this set of problems. Right. And we are never going to get past a certain level of quality, no matter how much we do, because we're guessing. And it's always going to be different than the player walking to cover hitting A. But I sucked it up and I did my best job and I worked with some great programmers and animators and stuff like that. Yeah. Who, and I think we delivered a solid version of cover, like, you know, from what that, what that is. Definitely has flaws. And I know, like, yeah, it wasn't my favorite thing to work on. And I, I when I got the things that I liked working on, um, that's when I found more, you know, I, I, I kind of, uh, 
I relished those moments. You sure. know, I, I kind of was like, you know, take, take this in for a second. Yeah. Remember that, like, when you're gritting your teeth and sad <laughs> for weeks at a time yeah. working on this, like, same thing, yeah. that you got to build jump as well. And you built a little hover in the game, and that shit was lit. Nice. It was fun to test, and, like, it, it was cool. What is the, like, yeah. what is the opposite side of that where it's like, okay, you've done the thing that you've worked on, you've worked your ass off on it for years, and then it hits, it releases, and someone is like, my animation's bad. And like everybody says it, because like Andromeda, oh, obviously Andromeda. Andromeda, right? Like <laughs> y- you obviously work with those people, obviously, or you did at the time, um, uh, and you knew them. Like, is that just like low morale when that hits? When it's just like no one, everyone. Yeah, is, yeah. yeah. The, 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 I mean, I was gone from the office there, but like yeah. I talked to all those people, and like no, no, we, everyone was depressed. Yeah, was that, so that uh, wasn't a situation. That wasn't a situation where it was like you ship it knowing that this is going to get So dragged. we knew there were going to be bugs, okay. but I think the level of bugs that actually shipped were a lot higher. So, so it's this thing of like, you know there's going to be bugs, we're going to fix a lot of it day one patch. Right. And then like it was like two patches later because we're coming in so hot and like yeah, you can't move yeah. the dates and like mm-hmm. that big of a game. Um, and EA does this a lot and a lot of companies do this a lot. This is an unfortunate thing. It's like, Every Battlefield game comes in late. Every yeah. every games co- come in late. Call of Duty yeah. game comes in late. Games come in late, especially the biggest games. Nah. They come in the latest and the hottest, right? Like it's like a meteor yeah. about to strike the earth. <laughs> um, so you see all that stuff happening, um, and you recognize it. But this was levels worse, right? And the thing that really happened, I think, with Mass Effect was memes. Yo, memes will destroy you. Yeah. Ask oh, me yeah. no. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Mika. My wins and losses are great. Yes. Uh, um, uh, but like, uh, like, like memes will kill you. And like when those goofy faced memes went, that, that Mass Effect drama was that done. Was it. it was done. Yeah, it was yeah. dead. Right? Yeah. Um, and like I saw that happening. And I'm somebody who understands social media very well, I feel like. And I was like, oh, it's not good. Right. right. And How was, do you make a meme proof game <laughs> in 2017? <laughs> A big don't release your game. Right, that's the other thing. Don't release like, your game six months before it needs to be released. But unfortunately, you burn through all your money, and you're not going to make a profit yeah. if you don't if you, like if you don't do it. Yeah. yeah or, or I mean, is it you won't make a profit, or is it you won't make a profit big enough for what you want it to be? Well, I mean, that's mm. a, that's the whole thing we were talking about earlier, right? Like, you know, EA doesn't want uh, like uh, ten million dollars or twenty million dollars. They want uh, they want five hundred right. million dollars. They want a billion dollars, right? <laughs> and so when you're only chasing the the biggest goose eggs, you're going to get cut for any small reason, right? That's why the Star Wars game is canceled. I guarantee you that Star Wars game could be profitable. Well, like, remember, that game isn't canceled. That's the thing that's interesting. It's like, oh, that it's canceled. It's just Or is it going to be like, they spent three years developing assets, those assets are going to go Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those assets, assets are going to be used. Yeah, 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 that's but, what but I mean. But for all intents and purposes, yes, like, they, that they're closing a studio. Right, right, right. Like, maybe Amy's sticking around. I have no idea if she is. I hope. I thought, I don't know. I didn't. I'm not sure if Amy's sticking around. I'm not sure. I mean, sure. I, I adore Amy. I think the world of her. I think she's super talented. And one of the few fem- like women voices that we have right. in our industry. I mean, that was like part of the thing that was dope about, about like that yes. and that video that, that EA put out a few years ago with the Star Wars shit was like, you know, Amy is there. Jade Raymond is there. Like, oh, yeah. man, like yeah. they're doubling and, like, down Jade, on Jade was shit. in the office with right. me. Like, right. that Motive Studio is in the same office that Bioware was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, I was real excited when Jade was in there. I got to talk to her and be like, hey. In my head, I was like, oh, maybe this will be... A thing is not the case, and that's not yeah. because like she's not trying or doesn't care. Right, right. It's right. because she is still in the ultimate like scheme of things, not that big of a not high she's enough one person. You know, right, yeah, right? right, right. Yeah, sorry, I was trying to figure out if that if there had been uh, 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 any other announcement about Amy specifically. I thought I'd seen something, but I'm not. I'm not sure, so yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I mean, I'm guessing if they moved it to Vancouver. They moved it to Vancouver. I think, I think so. it was Vancouver. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel like she's probably not there. But that's like, what I'm, I, that's, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, yeah. This is complete speculation. Nobody published this on the internet and said, I know this for you. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 
I don't know. It's an interesting time <sighs> in video games. It is. Video games are they, they are a thing. <laughs> They're amazing and also trash sometimes. Uh, this is the way this industry goes, unfortunately. Yeah. The one conclusive thing we can say yeah. <laughs> at All the right. end at the end of the podcast. So. Manfair, thank you so, so much for being here. I know we have to close up. There's probably somebody trying to kick us out right now. We've got Always. like a minute to like close up. But do you want to, do you have a website? Do you have, you know, do you want to shout out your Twitter? What do you want, where do you want people to follow you and uh, yeah, stick you around can, for Yeah, news? you all can follow me on Twitter at Manvir Hair, M-A-N-V-E-E-R-H-E-I-R, or on Instagram at King Curry Thunder. Good nice. name. That's my yeah. uh, rap name. Extremely good. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch, out, watch out for the mixtape, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you been over. What was it? was like 70 Cs or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there you go, yeah, it'll be my own alphabet slaughter. Yeah, just be exactly. all C's. Right? I'll get Papoose. I'll get Papoose Please, on the track. Where's Papoose? Is Papoose uh, okay? pro- pro- probably boot up with uh, Remy right okay, now because wouldn't fair. you be yeah, if you got course, Remy? Of course, yeah, you know, yeah, of course. The, the, queen, the <laughs> yes. queen of BX. <laughs> Is that true anymore, though? Oh, Remy's still the queen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cardi. Okay, okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Cardi. Uh, yeah, I'm Barty gang all day. Like, uh-huh. uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, I, okay. I, I, if Cardi can Did keep it going. Did you see her on, on, was on Kimmel the other day? Oh, I didn't see her on Kimmel. Oh, I, saw, I saw her at the BET Awards. All right, so she came out on Kimmel the other day, and the stage just had, like, a snack, like a New York style side, like sidewalk snack stand on it, and I was like, "That's amazing." She made it. So she made was, it from Vine to I, here. I, I was talking to a friend of mine because I, I I've loved Cardi for a while, right, right, right. Um, and like when when Bodak Yellow kind of just climbed the charts to become this number one hit, mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy crap, this is happening! This is amazing." Um, and I was t- I was talking about like her going from like the strip club, right, to like hustling hard to getting on Love and Hip Hop, yep, to then getting a deal with Atlantic. And like getting two mixtapes out in six months, mm-hmm. and then you can see like she really worked on her skill. Yes, because she wasn't the most the best rapper. No, but she like just she's, she hard, hustled, she's a hard worker. Yes, yes, and yes, hard yes, work yes. will outperform like talent a lot like of the pure, time. Like right. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, oh, I kind of view my twelve years in AAA as like those are my stripper years, and like now I need, <laughs> now I need my Bodak Yellow. Right. So right. hopefully the next thing awesome. I'm up to, you'll, you'll hear about my Bodak. Hopefully yeah. in the right. next couple of years you'll hear about my Bodak, Bodak Yellow. Yellow. Yeah, oh, man, we're Bodak <laughs> Yellow. That's yeah. good. I'm yeah, excited. Yeah. Bodak Yellow too. Just call it that. Yeah, it'll be Bodak, Bodak Brown, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> Bodak Brown. There you go. That's good. That's all right. We have Shit. so many Make podcast that. names for today. We have so many episodes. What was it? Urban. It was Urban White. Urban White is a really good podcast name. Urban White. I'm really rooting for that one. I was putting my vote in. All right, right we might we might go with that one. If you were one, a cause... rapper, which rapper would you be? Uh, if I was, a, I mean, maybe can I'm wearing a You're camera. Wearing a camera I, I'm wearing a camera go. shirt. Uh, <laughs> camera on it. Get Andre set. 3000, man. Okay. Andre 3000 is the goat, like all, right. all time. That's my only. He is a question. unicorn. He is the black yes. unicorn. Yes, he is. Sorry, the... Tiffany. Shout out to. I was like, I, just because he isn't around anymore, I just kissed him. No, I mean, he's still dropping good verses on like the Frank Ocean. That solo reprise. That's all I need from Andre. The occasional verse. That's fair. That's fair. Forever. All right, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna stop asking you. Uh, you guys should. Uh, oh questions. my god, I want to. I want right. to hear your hip hop podcast. Oh, we can, the two can, of we, you. can we just do? Yeah, we should. I want to hear that. I need to learn. I need to learn from from people who know what the fuck they're talking about. That's, that's the real <laughs> thing. Like if I need to learn. Time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I'll I'll do my thing real quick. Thank you again. Really appreciate you coming in. Same questions. Any questions you have? The gaming at vice.com. Subject question. Shout outs to Bowen, of course, letting us use his track "Miss You" off the EP "Pale Machine." Of course, we're on Twitter. Waypoint is uh, Waypoint and on Facebook it's uh-huh. Waypoint Vice sorry you I had to, it. like I, it was it. like concatenated in my head I was like Waypoint <laughs> Vice uh, there we go uh, and of course on YouTube Waypoint Vice shout outs to Rob Schulte for producing our podcast I have been Danielle you can follow me at Danielle RI on Twitter Austin where can people find you at Austin underscore Walker amazing Waypoint.vice.com for everything we do and of course I'm gonna say be good 
or be no be good and be good at it that is the the message gotta be both from now on you gotta be both it it used to be or now it's both you gotta be both peace yep Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.